Welcome to the Everyday Mealmanship Podcast. Today I'm hanging out with my buddy Colt Naring here in Pleasant Grove, Utah. So Colt, welcome to the show. Thank you. Yeah, I appreciate you coming on. Um, I've been trying to get Colt on here for a little while. He lives up in Wyoming. and uh, But we're at your childhood home, right? Yeah, we're in the, the uh, room that I started my saddle shop 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. So. Well, I appreciate you meeting me down here. I didn't have to drive all the way to Star Valley, <laughs> Wyoming. Yeah, it's a little closer. And a little warmer, too. It's, yeah. Is it cold up there yet? It's cold, but it hasn't snowed yet. You know, we're waiting for waiting for Father Christmas to come still. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think it's coming this week. It's supposed to. It's supposed to. I got a bunch of snow in, in Hawaii, they said. I don't know if you heard that. Oh, I didn't hear that. inches of snow in Hawaii or something. So well, that'd be a rip-off, <laughs> wouldn't it? You go to Hawaii for a winter vacation and it snows there yeah yeah my my brother-in-law he served his mission on uh, the big island and maui and molokai but yeah he said it snows on the big island apparently yeah. so yeah, i've never never been there no yeah. experience with that well i appreciate you wanting to meet me here and yeah we're going to talk about saddles and saddle fit and mules and your business but let's start just it, it, tell me tell I know about you and your family. <laughs> tell tell the, the audience here about your family and you and what you do and what's going on in your life. All right. Well, uh, we have, uh, my wife is from Star Valley. That's what took us up to Star Valley. So okay, we've been in Star Valley a few times and we love it up there. We have five kids. Just had a brand new baby girl a couple of weeks ago. So we're uh, hopping and busy with those guys, but you know that's that's the best part about life being a parent father so uh, that's that's my probably first passion and then uh, i always tell nicole i i'm it's a good thing i love you a lot because if not i'd be doing saddles all the time because that's my second love you know i love <laughs> love doing saddles and leather work uh, this room here that we're in uh, before it was finished that's where i as about 11 year old 12 year old kid i just started making stuff and i made some ugly stuff in the beginning you know I, it worked sometimes uh-huh. and, uh, you know i was just playing around and decided man if our stuff breaks somebody's got to fix it so i started fixing our stuff when it would break and uh yeah my family there they're my biggest support they they support what we do and what's the age range of them kids years uh nine is the oldest then six four He'll be three. The next one will be three in a week, and then two weeks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they're right in line. You know, they're good kids. They they help me out in the shop some days. So yeah, you said they're uh, kind of outgrowing the pony, huh? Yeah, yeah. We have a little pony, and my my oldest daughter. She just you know she's horse crazy. Loves horses. She's there's a neighbor down the road that does. Uh, fancy horse riding is what I call it, jumping and mm-hmm. and showing and stuff. And I said, you know, you can go learn from her because I don't know. It's not my world. I'm not that fancy, you know, <laughs> but she loves that. So, uh, yeah, so the, both the girls like horses and ride a lot. So, Good. yeah, they're about outgrown the pony, the oldest one. So, yeah. Well, then ponies are good to learn on. Oh, well, he's good. They can climb all over him. They can do whatever they want with him on the ground. He just mm-hmm. only has one direction when you get on him, and that's behind the other horse or mule. So, yeah. That's not a bad thing. <laughs> Ellie, when Ellie was little, we had a little miniature donkey named uh, Penelope. Actually, she wasn't a mini, but pretty dang close to a mini. 
and uh, Penelope was her name, and she just was so gentle and sweet. And Ellie played with that donkey, rode that donkey, and and uh, anyways, you know, there come a time where Ellie was ready to ride the bigger mules. Yeah. I wish I would have kept Penelope for Swayze, though, because Swayze's not interested in riding. She doesn't really enjoy riding. But I feel like if she still had Penelope, she would have been. Yeah. So them ponies, them little ones, good, you know, yeah, good for the confidence. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, that's what I grew up with. You know, we had two horses for years, and you could do anything you wanted on them. And then when I was eight, we got, uh, we got our first mule, and he was just – he was awesome. I don't ever remember him – you know, other than just every once in a while he'd have his day, you know, but most of the time he was awesome. So that's really, you know, we've had mules since I was eight and we've been riding them. And I think that's what, you know, that's what really fueled my passion too. We, mm-hmm. we rode a lot, my dad and I, so we had, you know, those two mules, we just lost both of them the last couple of years, We're 30 years old. So, wow. That's why we're, that's why we're looking for another good one. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> so where'd you ride around here? Did you- we have spent some time with American Fork Canyon yeah, right here. Or where, you know, you we didn't go up American Fork that much. Uh, my dad, he spent a lot of time up there with the Forest Service. He worked for the Forest Service for a few years. Um, but we, our our barn is just up on the hill, just below the G Mountain, right mm-hmm. here behind us. And so we would just go up there and take off, and we'd we climb the G. And I don't know if you're familiar with the G, but it's it's a steep little bugger. We oh call yeah, it the Little Mountain. Yeah, and so we had a trail that would go up over that, and then we'd come back down through either Battle Creek or Grove Creek. Mm-hmm. We'd come down either one of those. Uh, we did that a lot, and then uh, if you stand and look in Utah County, look at most of the mountains in the valley. We've been on the top of most of those yeah. mountains. So we ride. We have family property out in uh, uh, out by Cedar Fort. Um, we call it West Canyon. I'm not even sure what the official name, five mile, I think is what they call yeah, it. Yeah, West Canyon, anybody that's around. Yeah, so yep. just just before you get to Cedar Fort, you hang off there, and we rode a lot out there. Mm-hmm. So, yep. Yep, so we've done a lot, of, a lot of riding. My dad and I, I was the youngest of seven. So by the time I came up, it was there wasn't any other kids, you know. My brothers mm-hmm. and everybody else, they were riding double, triple sometimes, and I got lucky. I just got to spend time with dad. So yeah, yeah, we did a lot of <laughs> overnight trips and and things like that. So yeah, riding, riding's been a big passion of mine. So, well, you know, building saddles, it, it amazes me how many fellas are out there building saddles that don't ride. Yeah, and that just it just doesn't make any sense. Yeah, well, you know, there's a lot of. Seems like today there's a lot of. Uh, People find a, a industry or craft that's just a good, good job or a good living, and they like to do it. You know, there's mm-hmm. nothing wrong with that. But it sure helps knowing, you know, the feel of a saddle and everything like that. If you know what it feels like to ride in one for a few yeah. days, you know. Yeah, I, I guess, uh, you know, and yeah, you're right. There are a lot of industries out there, and there's a lot of people that probably do a lot of things. You know, I guess not every farmer eats what he grows, there's, but. It, when it comes to saddles, it, it's it's such a different deal. I think I feel like it's hard to it'd be hard to be really good at that and not not use the tool yeah. or yeah. not know how the tool should be used. Yeah. And, you know, uh, yeah. Well, that was that was my you know going back to 
me as a 12 year old kid, you know, that was, like I said, I made some stuff that were, I wouldn't even, I probably, probably still got it in a box somewhere just for, <laughs> so I can look at it and say, man, I'm glad I've, I'm glad I've come a little ways as far as looking better, you know, but you got to start somewhere, you know, and, uh, you know, there was a lot of things that I learned just from that, you know, well, this doesn't yeah. work at all. It doesn't, that's, that's not a good idea at all, Colt, <laughs> you know, you better figure something out. So yeah, that was a lot of my training just, just well, there using it. It's the same thing with me working with mules, man. There's so many mules that I look back 20 years ago. I'm like, if only I could have a second chance at those yeah. poor, those poor mules, you know, like I, uh, one of my mentors told me once that you, you better be willing to screw up a lot of good ones to make a good one. Sure. Yeah. So you're going to, you're going to mess up a lot to find, you know, I mean, that's part of the honing your craft and sure, you know, getting the experience and, uh, you know, but you know, I'm, I'm sure it's the same way in the saddle business and the leather business where you can, there's a lot of good mentors and that's, I wanted to talk to you about some of your mentors too. Um, but you know, those mentors, they're there to save you a little time. Sure. Oh yeah. Years, <laughs> lifetime. Yeah. yeah I mean, if you sure. just keep, you know, what's that? I'll say life's too short to learn from your own mistakes, yep. learn from other people. <laughs> right. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So I, uh, Let's see, I built my first saddle when I was in high school. So I think I was 16 or 17. And a uh, good friend of my dad's, some people probably know Clyde. His name is Clyde Edwards. Mm -hmm. uh, you can either, if you know him, you either liked him or you didn't. That's all there was <laughs> to it. He was an honorary uh, old cuss <laughs> at times. Good but... old Clyde. But I, you know, my dad, he, he worked with him on the Forest Service. And my dad was the only guy that could ride with him, you know, because uh he really liked to talk about himself so if you didn't like <laughs> to hear about clyde you didn't want to ride with clyde much. yeah he was he was a really really good guy to me you know and he was 75 years old i think when i started working with him so you can picture me you know i, I spent i'd get home from school and just run over to his shop and he was i don't know he never said that he was annoyed with me sure didn't tell me to go away. So, um, uh, <laughs> he was big in the history, you know, a lot of, uh, making the old time type and style and mm -hmm. period tack and stuff. And that's kind of what, so what I was doing was a project for school. Um, and so I was building this, uh, this historical saddle, if you will, you know? And so, so he was, he was real motivated about that because, oh yeah. you know, he thought that was cool that a kid my age would be interested in doing something like that so, so what what period area were you building there so the one i was the one i built was would have been from the 1800s called the santa fe style so uh -huh. it's the old half seats and hand holds in the back uh, with a yep. big flat horn you know it's not a not a not a post horn but it's just got a big probably a three inch cap and it's just a, a skinny cap on it so huh. yeah so that was that was the one I first built with Clyde, and uh, yeah, that was a lot of fun. In fact, I met Joe G at Clyde's shop, so yep. I can remember, you know, I, years ago. And then when I talked to you, and you said, "Oh yeah, Joe G makes he's mm -hmm. ma been making my saddles," I thought, and I thought, Joe G, that name sounds so familiar. Mm -hmm. And then it it all came back. I remember I was sitting in the corner of the shop, and Joe and Clyde were talking, you know, and. I was just there hanging out. Yeah. Teenage kid. So yeah, I spent a lot of time as a teenager over at Clyde's house and in his shop. 
So I learned a lot from him, you know, and, uh, and I'm grateful for, yeah, for that time I spent there. Uh, let's see the other, the other gentleman that I worked with, his name's Keith Valley. He'd probably be upset if he knew I was making saddles for mules because he's a, <laughs> I remember I sent him a picture. So my phrase, I guess, when I send out a saddle, you know, I do my best work, but it always looks better when it's on a mule. You know, that's, <laughs> that's what I always tell people, you know, send me pictures because it always looks better. And I sent him a picture of the saddle he and I built and uh, he just said, hmm, you know, and he was, yeah. where's he, he from? He lives up in Victor, Idaho, hmm. you know, and uh, that was a neat opportunity. I went and just lived with him for a week and he and I built a saddle together. So, um, and he really taught me more about the flow of a saddle, you know, just kind of how it, how it looks and lines. And, um, to say he's meticulous or particular would be a huge understatement, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was, I appreciated that a lot. That was, that was real helpful for me. Um, but we did a few, so I actually went to a fitting with him where he fitted a, a horse for a saddle and, and stuff like that. And we, the lady says, come in here. So we went in her house and she says, she had a brand new saddle, really pretty saddle sitting on a stand. And, and, uh, she said, just sit in that, will you? And so he sat in and says, Oh, well, that's uncomfortable. And he said, so he told me, he said, Colt, why don't you sit in that? So he had me sit in it and, uh, it was uncomfortable. It was really uncomfortable. She said, if I went out and worked cows in that, she said, I'd be done in the first two hours. She said, I couldn't ride in that all day, you know? And so she actually had him build a saddle for her later on. But, you know, he taught me the importance of a seat, you know, and that mm-hmm. a good seat in that pocket. And, you know, whether you have a hard seat or a padded seat, it should, there should still be uh, a lot of shape in that seat. So that shape is what gives you a good seat and keeps you where you should be. So that's, that's probably the biggest thing I learned from him. But You know, there's something, something to be said about that because I'll tell you what drives me crazy is there are so many people. Well, you, well you hear about it because I sent them to you, <laughs> but you hear there's so many people that are so concerned, overly concerned about saddle fit on their mules, on their horses but they can't ride the saddle because it hurts them or they're, they're completely uncomfortable. What I try to tell them is, you know, your saddle needs to fit your animal, but I think more importantly, it needs to fit the human. The reason I say that, if you have a poor fitting saddle for you as a human, as a rider, it, it makes you ride differently because you want to, you want to accommodate for your pains. You, you compensate for your pains by leaning, by moving, by shifting. And, and how how you're shifting your weight in the saddle, that's going to affect the saddle fit on the mule more so than sure. than than the tree itself. You could, because I've, I've seen saddles that fit really good, like you say, is it like it's a good fitting saddle for the mule, but the person rides terrible, <laughs> and the mule still gets sore. Yeah, and I've seen, well, I've had saddles that are poor fitting, and try to ride decent, try to ride well, and they don't get the mule sore. You know what I mean? Right. So that seat, that seat and how a person sits is so important. Right. You know, uh, different angles of, of that seat. I, I see saddles that are built that, uh, there's a particular saddle I see often that is built so downhill, it 
it pitches the human forward. forward so yeah. bad. They then they ride bad. They yeah. fall, fall off all the time, you know. So that seat, that's sure. that's a good lesson he taught you. Yeah, yeah, that was invaluable. You know, you talk about making mistakes. You know what I mean? And I I can I can think of you know so. Just let it be known. Every saddle I build has a part of me in it, you know. And it's just like you, I'm sure, with mules. I I can think of every saddle I've made, and mm -hmm. you know, and I some I think, man, I wish I could find that and fix that seat for those people. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> I just think. Yeah, I wish was... I could go back to that. Like the very, you know, I've been doing clinics coming up in in May. It'll be ten years doing clinics yeah. for the public, and. uh I wish I could go back those first few years and say, um, let me, let me just teach you everything totally different because <laughs> I did it different now than I right. did 10 years ago. I did it different than I even did it five years ago. Sure. And probably the same thing with you. Every single saddle you build, it's probably better than the last. Sure. It, yeah. it should be. Yeah. That's I think whole, it should be. Yeah. 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 I mean, that's, that's a, you know, that's a big thing and that's, uh, one of my frustrations, or I guess you call it a pet peeve, whatever you want to call it, but people that just, I'm always, I love to learn, you know, and I love, yeah. especially, especially when it comes to, you know, mules and saddles and all that stuff. I love to learn about it. I love the, you know, the why behind why we do what we do. And there's a lot of people that say, well, I've been doing this for 40 years and it's good enough, you know, and I think, I hope I never say that to somebody, you know, I hope I can say, <laughs> my saddle that I build in 40 years is the very best one I built. And then the next one I build should be a little better, you know? So yeah, I love to learn and, and, you know, being constantly in that process. In fact, we're, I'm right on the edge of, of learning. We're uh, another friend of mine that makes saddles, trying to get him to go in with me and learn how to make trees. Mm -hmm. um, you know, just as kind of, part of our business, but more so just, um, you know, that, that really, I love that concept, you know, how can, could I be better if I know how to make the trees, you know, even if we don't necessarily, um, go at it full bore, you know, but just learning the process of that will help me be a better saddle maker. So you well, know, that's those, those trees are your canvas sure, for your art. You yeah. know, uh, a lot of people, uh, a lot of people will fault saddle makers for fit. And I tell them, Hey, you know what? He just, he just put his leather on top of the, on top of the tree, sure. you know, and, and he, he's the artist on the canvas and that quality of the canvas makes a difference in the picture. Oh yeah. Most it's the same thing. If you, you could be, you could be the best artist, saddle artist, we'll call it right. You could be the best saddle artist, make the best carving, uh, just brilliant. And if it's built on a crab tree, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. It, it's not, yeah. it's, you might as well just be a piece of artwork to put in the living room, I guess, you know, yeah. because that's all it's worth. Right. That tree is important. So if you can get into, you know, building some really good trees and, and the hard, the hard thing too, and especially in the mule world and this, we're going to probably hit on saddle fit a few times throughout this conversation because it's a big topic that a lot of people ask me about. And this is what I wanted to do on the show. Yeah, that's my number one question too. Is, but gosh, it's hard to find. When it comes to mules, there's so many different breeds, different builds. I mean, 
you know, they're so diverse. So are, they're so are horses, you know, the breeds of horses. Right. But a lot of people just throw mules in one category. You know, when we talk about horses, you say, oh, well, you know, what breed horse you got? Oh, I got quarter horse, thoroughbred, Arabian, Morgan, Foxtrotter, Tennessee Walker, whatever. Right. right? Yeah. But, oh, you got a mule. And that usually that, ends at that. That's it. That's just yeah. one. <laughs> well, shoot. There's, I tell you what, there's a big difference in a Tennessee walking mule and a quarter horse mule. Oh, yeah. There's yeah. nothing the same about their build. You yeah. know, that there's nothing the same about it. Right. And um, so that tree, yeah, that's a big, that's a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, like I said, we just, if nothing else, the education factor to help me improve what I'm doing, you know. Oh, yeah. Really fuels most of what I what I do and why I do it, you know, uh, a certain way. So, well, that, that'll make it truly custom too. Yeah. You know, yeah. when you can, when you can offer trees. So that's exciting. Yeah. Yeah. No, you know, that's a, that's a work in progress. It's not something that's going to happen overnight for sure, but. Oh yeah. You know, it's, yep. a, it's an art in and of itself for sure. So yeah, most people never get to see the, uh, the tree, you know, I look at a good tree and mm. I'm like, man, that's as pretty as my saddle. I hate to even scratch it up or cover don't even it up. Wanna, you don't want to cover it up, huh? You know, so anyways, yeah. It's, what makes a good tree? Oh, uh, you know, a good tree is like a lot of things, good material and, and you know, good craftsmanship. Somebody that, that knows what they're doing, but. Uh, um, well, let's, let's dumb it down. Sorry. Let's dumb it down because let's let's say somebody's listening right now that has no idea what this. They've only ever just went to the store and bought a saddle. They don't even know what's what's under that leather. Let's just pretend. So so what you you know a lot of people will say I want a mule saddle. What kind of mules? What kind of saddle? What kind of mule saddle do you ride in? Or they say what kind of saddle do you ride in? Um, and I'll say like, you know, I, I write, you know, a wood post wade tree. Yeah. They're like, oh, is that made for horses or mules? I'm like, <laughs> it can be made however you want. They can make a wood post wade tree for camels. Yeah, I mean, you, you write, yeah. you know, so why don't you, why don't you explain for the audience here, maybe a, a few of the different types of trees that there are, sure. maybe explain the bars, the different, that's really what makes the difference right. in right. versus, you know, say call it a horse, you know. Right. Which is really just flat bars. Yeah. yeah. You know, so um, once you explain some of that for the audience. Yeah. So there's that just, you had just mentioned it there, you know, they have people say, well, quarter horse bars or mule bars, you know, and that's, that's kind of how we classify them. But really it's, it's, you could have a horse that has a flat enough back that fits in a mule bars, if you will, you know, and mm -hmm. some mules, especially now with the breeding have enough shape that they're taking a tree that, you would consider a horse tree you know what i mean so um yeah more just what you're saying so what we have there's three parts to the tree when they put it together you have the the forks which is the part that includes your horn and goes over the horses or the mules wither backbone crosses their spine up front and then it hooks into what's called the bars and the bars are the the part that supports all the weight of the rider uh, and the saddle is and they're the long, they're a long, flat, flat piece of wood on either side. And then they're connected at the back with the cantle. So the cantle does the same job as the forks uh, at the back of the tree. And uh, the forks and the cantle should be hooked in at exactly the same angle and the same, you know, there's a lot of minute details when it comes to tree making. Oh, yeah. Sixteenth uh, of an inch 
is a is a huge a huge thing and you know when you talk to a tree maker they're going to start talking in in even smaller increments you know Jeez. so um, there's a lot of different uh, measurements that go into that so that's those are the three parts you have the two bars so there's four pieces basically two bars on either side and then your forks that go up front and your cantle on the back you know so and there's no, there, there is really no such thing as a, a mule tree, right. horse tree. It's just the angle of the bars yep. Yep. and those measurements. Yep. So, so, yeah, mule bars, we'll just call it that for the sake of conversation. Mm -hmm. uh, generally, they just have less rock. So rock is, is your, if you think of a rocking chair, right? If you had a, you sit in a rocking chair, it rocks because of the shape of those bottom, you know, the bottom wood on there that, that causes you to rock back and forth. So a mule tree has uh, very minimal uh, rock in it. So it'd make a flat. poor, it'd make a poor rocking chair. Yeah, it'd make a real poor rocking chair. Yeah. So, Whereas maybe a full quarter bars, that'd be a better rocking chair mm -hmm, yep. for folks that picture that. Yep. So it has a lot of mule bars just have less rock and what they call twist which would be your, your angles of the bars mm -hmm. um, and how they, so the angles all come in, how those bars hook into the forks and the cantle. So that angle is changed depending on how it hooks together. So if you was to stick a naked tree um, on top of uh, the mule or horse's back, what do you want to see? So we want to see the most amount of contact square foot, or square foot, these square inch pounds per square inch contact. That's what we're going for, right? So we want the rider's weight to spread out across the most amount of square inches that we can get. So mm -hmm. if I set a tree on on uh, on a mule's back, um, I'm looking for it to contact their back in as much as possible you know we, we really try to stay away from the word perfect you know perfect yeah there's no, <laughs> somebody asked me how much contact do you want to see on bars and i i usually recommend 80 percent. if you can cover 80 percent of those bars that's that's a yeah. good fitting saddle yeah, yeah. You, some people will look at the flare of you know uh, you know the front or the back of the of, of the bars and be like mm -hmm. well it's not contact that's okay Right. I think so. What yeah, do you think? So you're looking for, um, you know, I, I'd say if, if you had to have contact in one place and no contact in another, uh, you want more contact up higher, you know, around the edges. Uh, if you don't have as much uh, perfect contact, you know, that's that's better. You know, you'd lots rather be a little high than, than digging in, if that makes sense. Yep. So if I threw a mule tree, for instance, on a horse with a lot of a sway in his back or shape, um, what would happen is it would bridge. So it wouldn't touch in the middle and it would dig in on the front and the back. Yep. That's really, that's, that's really uncomfortable for an animal. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So, and one thing I tell probably every person, so if you've talked to me before, you probably, this is going to be repeat, but saddle fit is, it's such a minute thing. You know what I mean? So, a lot of people will say, well, can I put my horse saddle on my mule? Well, number one, that depends on your mule's back. And number two, there's a lot of people that have ridden in, ridden mules and horse saddles for a long time, you know, and I said, you're not going to, you're not going to ruin your mule's back. It's not going to, you know, chances are uh -huh. give them a big sore, for, you know, after a couple hour ride. But if you looked at it over 30 years, which I have seen that, 
um, it will start to change the shape of their muscles. You know, some of their muscles will atrophy some, you know, so it does change the shape. It's like, this is what I tell people. It's like you go to the store and bought a shoe and it fit good enough for you to buy it, but it always rubs a callus in one spot of your foot. Mm -hmm. Right. And over time, you know, you might get a blister maybe the first time. And then over time, you're going to, it's going to start to create a callus. Your body's going to compensate for that, you know? So that's really what it comes down to, you know, is in my opinion is, is that's kind of what it's like as far as saddle fit, you know? Um, we're, we're going to, we're going to talk a whole bunch more about saddle fit and about Colt and his business coming right up. We got to thank some sponsors real quick. Actually, you. <laughs> we'll run your ad right now. How's that? That sounds good. All right, we'll be right back. Hey, I want to jump on here real quick and give a big shout out to my buddy Colt Naring. Um, if you're looking for a good custom built saddle that fits mules and fits you, you need to check out Colt Saddlery. You find them on Facebook, Colt Saddlery, and uh, tell them Ty sent you. He will take good care of you. Okay, we've been talking saddle fit and talking to Colt here, and he's given us tons of great information. Colt, uh, when people call you, uh, these clients call you, and they're worried about um, their saddle not fitting their mule. What what kind of? Let's talk about what you see in poor saddle fit. What's a great way to identify a poor fitting saddle on your mule or your horse? So if you're if you're just looking at at your saddle and wondering if it fits, probably the best test. And I'll just say it is really hard once a saddle is built to tell exactly how it fits. You know, there's just yep. not a good way to do that. It's got too many pieces and parts and and coverings on it. But probably the best way is to put it on without any padding or anything like that, and just what we call testing the rocker. I think you have a video on your online. Yep. video library of you and Joe doing that. And um, that's a real good test, you know, and if it, if it has, you know what I mean? If it's rocking, it's, it's hard for people to judge or tell, but I would say, you know, I, I figure an eighth to a half inch, you know, that's, that's all right. I would hope not to have even that much, you know what I mean? It mm-hmm. should, it should feel pretty solid when you push. So to test the rocker, you push down on the horn and see how much the back of the saddle rises up. And then you push down on the cantle, which is the back of the saddle, and see how much the front rises up. Does that make sense? So, um, yeah, a little bit of little bit of rock is all right. You know, you're you're uh, that's okay to have, but most for the most part, you want to have no rock. You know, as little rock as possible. And that's um, going to change depending on the mule's weight and season and mm-hmm. hair and there's there's a lot of variables yep, there yep so fit is ever changing always changing you know the mules as they age you know i mean not so much anymore i think the breeding's getting better but it used to be an older mule had a real high backbone right that spine mm-hmm. about three quarters of the way back would start to protrude up you know and that is probably where a lot of mules got sore yep. more than any is back there on that spine. Um, you know, so anyways, their shape is going to change with age and, you know, their breeding and all that kind of stuff and, and riding 
you go out and ride on a hot day, they might lose 100 pounds just in water weight, you know, so it fits different when you started than when you end. Um, you know, so that's, that's an important thing. So when we're talking fit, you know, you talk, first of all, you look at the animal, right? Everything starts with the animal as far as the underside fit. Um, what does their back look like? Is there any, are there any major issues that we are going to need to compensate for, you know, mm -hmm. um, 80, 90%, that's not an issue. You know, you don't have any major issues, you know, structurally. Um, and then, you, then you go to this, then you go to the, uh, you know, your saddle and how your saddle is going to fit also with padding, right? So you can do a lot to help your fit with padding technology. You mm -hmm. know, and that's, that's definitely not my world. You know, I don't, uh, I probably should learn more about it, but, uh, there's so much people can do with padding, you know, um, to help, to help with an, you know, an ill-fitting saddle or, you know, if your mules change in shapes as they get older, that's, you know, you don't, I'd love if everybody had one saddle per animal and if they bought a new <laughs> saddle every time they change fit with their, their mule aging, you know, but that's not feasible for people. Well, that'd help pay for your house. You know, you yeah, there you go. So, um, you know, but that's, that's not a, I don't, I'm not a salesman, so, you know, mm -hmm. I, I'm not going to try and throw that pitch out there, you know, but, um, so padding's a big thing. And then like we talked earlier, the rider is, is a part of saddle fit big time, you know, so, I think the biggest part of saddle fit. Yeah. How do you ride? You know, what do you, you know, where you, where do you have your stirrups? You know, how are you, how are you sitting? You know, how much weight's in the saddle, how much weight's on your, you know, your stirrups and all that. And, and everybody's different and I'm not going to say there's a, a best way as far as how that goes, you know what I mean? But that's, that's what we try and do is hopefully, you know, we're trying to create that balance in your seat so that naturally, hopefully the, the goal is that you'll find that pocket, what we call and, and ride better, you know, and get a better fit. So, you know, there are a lot of people that say, well, this fits my mule but it doesn't fit me, you know? So that's why a lot of people come to me for, for a custom saddle is, is for them, you know, and that's, and I do fittings for people's too, you know, they can come, I've had people come to the shop and sit in the saddle as it's being made, you know, and that's, that's a really good thing. So I, I ride in these saddles for a hundred miles before they ever leave my shop. You know, I sit in it, and then shape it and then sit in it and then shape it and then sit in it and shape it. And then I'll leave it for a couple of days and work on a different part and I'll come back to it and sit in it and shape it, you know? So I sit in it a lot, um, you know, but that being said, there's a hundred million different people shapes too. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? A so, lot of butts out there. Yeah. So I recommend, yeah, I recommend everybody that I refer to you for saddle built, uh, for saddle building is to go up there. I tell them, Hey, it's worth a plane ticket, <laughs> buy a plane ticket, fly out there, drive up, whatever you got to do, go sit in that saddle, spend some time. And I always tell him, you know, Colt is he wants you to do that. Sure. He does not want to sell you a saddle and then have you go home and cry because your butt's sore, yeah. you know, after a couple miles, he wants sure. it to fit as best it can. So as long as you stay the same size. Yeah. 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 There, there Watch those Christmas cookies this question. time of year. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. You know, but yeah. You know, overall and it's uh it's it's about I'm trying to think of the right word, you know, not a it's kind of a 
it's about principles. You know what I mean? There's a, mm -hmm. there's a certain principle, you know, that we use or a shape that I'm looking for, uh, overall, you know, that should fit most everybody. You know what I mean? Um, something so else. That, Sorry, go ahead. No, just, you know, just that it's like everybody sat in a chair, you know, think of a wood kitchen table chair. I think everybody can think of this, you know, you've sat in a chair and think, you know, this is really uncomfortable. I can't hardly even sit through dinner to sit in this chair. You know yep. what I mean? And then sit in others and have a little more shape. You can't, might not even be able to hardly tell. And it might not even be the physical shape of the seat, but the angle of that seat with the legs and everything else, you know, there's, that's, that's what it's all about. You know, there's those principles of, of that creating that seat that we really, you know, and I'm not perfect at it for sure, you know, but um, it's kind of like we talked a progression of, of getting better, you know, and meeting. Oh yeah. And having that ever changing, but that, that's probably the key. And that's the same with trees. I just talked to a, a custom tree maker and that's what he shared with me too, is it's, you're never going to fit every tree to every animal he said and it, it doesn't make any sense to make a custom tree for an animal because they change all the time and because animals get sold or mm -hmm. they die or something and what would you do you got to get in a whole new saddle no you know so there's principles that are used to design you know trees and seats and all of that 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 help flow and fit you know the widest variety that we can hmm. there's a uh I'm not one to talk bad about other individuals, so I'm not going to say who or what. But there is a production saddle out there that fits people terrible, and I see them. I see them every week in my clinics, <laughs> every week, and people fall off all the time. Mm. And people will come and want help building their confidence, and. Um, and I'll, I'll say, you know what? If I was riding in your saddle and that mule just did that, I would have fell off too. And they say, no, you wouldn't. I say, yes, I would. I can't. I couldn't ride in that thing. You know, the the you, you just mentioned something super important: the angles of those seats. You know, and saddles. This particular saddle that I have in mind, it pitches you forward. Terrible. I've rode in a lot of them, and it's just a production saddle, so it's just yeah. a factory deal. You know what I mean? It's not. You know they got their formulas and their patterns, and they just slap it together, right? Right. So there's not there's not you sitting there. You carve your grand your your ground seats with that knife. Yeah. Every seat is every cut in that seat happens from your hand. Yeah. There's no machine. There's no. It's just you and that knife. Right. And that shape of that seat makes a huge difference. Um. You know, for me, riding colts all the time, and riding uh. You know, you've seen some of the country ride jumping up and down some right. rocks and up and down these mountains yeah. and, and this and that. And, you know, out jumps a rabbit. I'm on a colt, you know, the that seat. I mean, it makes a difference. <laughs> makes all the and difference. When we're talking about people's confidence, I tell them, hey, get you a good seat. Um, and that's that's so important. So I'm yeah. glad you mentioned the angles of that seat because. It's a big, it's a big deal in, in people's confidence. If you don't feel confident that you can stay on anything, you know, um, it's like, I remember when I was rodeoing my Bronx saddle, I couldn't stay on everything. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't, but guess what? I had, I thought I could, right? Yeah, my, sure. my confidence was so good in that saddle 
that right. I thought, run them under me, man, yeah. run them under me. I don't care. I'll get on anything. Yeah. And, uh, you know, like the saddle you built me and others, I have that confidence in those saddles too. Mike, yeah. put a mule under me. I don't care. I'll, I'll ride that thing, yeah. you know? Uh, but there's some saddles I rode in and I'm like, Oh my gosh, <laughs> I don't even want to trot just, out through the sagebrush in this. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's a question that really, uh, surprised me to be honest with you, you know, um, was just that same, that same thing, you know, and I said, well, you know, why do you want, why do you want a custom saddle? You know, how, how can I help you? You know, my, that's always my goal is to, I tell people to take what's in their mind and get it in my mind, you know, and that's a process mm -hmm. of, of doing, you know, it takes a lot of conversing and, and messages, text, whatever it is, pictures, you know, um, but a lot of people would have said, you know, similar things to what you're saying. Well, you know, it makes me move this way or it makes me move that way. And I thought, wow, you know, that's, I think I can help with that. You know what I mean? Oh, that's yeah. just something I think for me, I guess, uh, I've just had the opportunity, you know, and I, part of it, I guess, is like I said, I've, I've most of the saddles I've ridden in are saddles that I've built, you know, so mm -hmm. going back to, you know, I've, I have pulled the seat off many times on the first one I built and said, well, this is super uncomfortable. You know what I mean? <laughs> like I said, you know, 16 year old kid, I was just happy to be doing what I was doing, but mm -hmm. you know, I have changed that a lot and that comes from, you know, riding in it. So now, oh yeah, you know, uh, yeah, but that was something that surprised me a lot. People having trouble with with that. It's Feeling, a big. It's a big. Yeah. It's a big deal. Uh, you know that that safety factor comes down to having a good fitting saddle, and and then I have you know there's there's plenty of of pros out there that'll say well you know you just got to ride good. Well, <laughs> I'm I I not all of my my students are at that level. Sure. A lot of my students, they're learning to ride. Right. It's their first mule. It's their first horse. Yeah. It's, it's whatever they're, they're learning. They're trying to figure out this game. And if they got a saddle that just sloshes them around, yes, you could, you could be a, a hard butt and say, but you'll learn to ride. Yeah. Yeah. You, you could do that. But I think, man, if you, if you just had a good fit and saddle that would give you some confidence to ride in, yeah. And then maybe later on, if you want to go learn how to ride a, you know, an English seat, you know, that right. you don't, well, you don't got a whole lot and you just, you worked on your balance, go, go do it. Right. Good for you. But, uh, I like my students, especially when they're learning to ride and learn to be good riders, right. A good fitting Western saddle. Yeah. 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 And that's important. It is important. You know, not, not everybody and not everybody rides, you know, a lot, you know what I mean? So mm -hmm. they don't get the practice, you know, so. You know that's that's our goal is hopefully we're creating a tool um that that helps helps people enjoy you know enjoy their mule enjoy the opportunity they have to spend outside and ride you know mm -hmm. nothing's worse than having a you know something just like you're saying you know you somebody wants to wants to ride wants to get out wants to better themselves and their their mule and have better mulemanship but they feel uncomfortable doing it, you know, pretty mm -hmm. soon that works at them and says, you know, I don't want to do it anymore, you know, or something like that, you know, and I'm not, not saying that, you know, uh, you got to have one of my saddles to, to feel comfortable, you know what I mean? But that's, that's our goal. You know, I hope that people understand that that's, that's why we do what we do. We want to help people enjoy this opportunity. You know, it's something that I have enjoyed 
since I was a little kid. Yeah. And I hope that everybody that has a desire to enjoy it can, you know, so that's, that's important to me, you know, so that's, we're trying to do that for people, you know, so. When uh, people call you to order a saddle, what are some things that they ought to know? For me, I, you know, when, when you and I met and got going on this whole deal, I was pretty particular, right? Right. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. th that's because I spend all, you know, yeah. when I'm not on the computer like this doing <laughs> these podcasts with you, you know, uh, I'm in the saddle. Sure. You know, and so I, I use the tool all day. It's just like some other, you know, another contractor, somebody that builds houses, a framer, uh, HVAC guy, uh, whatever. They, they're all going to have their tools that they want and that they know how to use it. You know, one thing that I told you I wanted was that rough out seat. Yeah. And all, you know, all my other riding saddles had been slick and I, I love them. I mean, I, I love those saddles too. Uh, but my Bronx saddle rodeo one was a rough out and I just love, and you know, after I rodeoed for about 10 years, uh, that rough out was just beautiful. Yeah. And that's only a Bronx saddle that you just ride for a few <laughs> moments. Right. And it took a long time. Uh, I about got the saddle you built me about that now. You know what I mean? Uh, it's it's pretty well it's pretty well used at this point. And but um, I love that rough out. And there's other particulars, you know, uh, th that I like. And and this is something that a lot of people just ha have no idea when they call you an order. Probably sure uh, what to know. I you know I like that Cheyenne roll on my kennel. Right. I like that wood post wade tree. I like that post horn you know yeah. i like the mule hide wrap uh you know you probably i think mine was one of the very first you built on, on those uh hangers yeah stirrup hangers yeah. and that's a unique deal and and just all kinds of little things so if if i'm a if i'm a customer calling you and i say hey i want to build a saddle what's what's the process yeah, so, I mean, we have the whole gamut, just like you're saying. I have people who know exactly what they want down to, you know, the silver or the, you know, the hardware they want for conchos. You yep. know what I mean? They know they've already got it all set. And then, you know, there's plenty of people that, well, this is my first time and I don't even really know what to do to order a custom saddle. You know what I mean? So, mm -hmm. um, really, you know, the biggest thing for me is just um, – I, I love talking people through that process, you know, but um, what do you want it to look like, you know, and that's, that's a hard thing, too, because anything your imagination can can think up, you know, we got the bars set for the mules back. Now, anything your imagination can think up from the top up, we can do, you know, pretty much, um, you know, so uh, we have are two, you know, the two, I probably do 50, 50, um, saddles like yours with the Cheyenne roll that are fully covered. Um, and then we have the other style that, that people really like is, our, kind of our, our lighter weight version. I, sh I say it's lighter weight. It is, but, um, most of mine, you know, I work to make them as light as we can with using the same quality, you know, that's always a big thing, but, um, the other type is the what we call the exposed tree. You know, uh, most of the time those have handholds in the back, something like that. So it's kind of a spin on the old style and the new style. So, uh, you know, as far as helpful for me, just having some kind of idea of what you what you want. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Uh, again, we can do anything your imagination can think of. You know, but um, that's really the to start that process. You know, as we get 
we need to get measurements for the tree. That's our first step, you know. Um, so what is what kind of horn do you want? You know, how high do you want the candle? How, you know, what seat size are you, you know, and all kinds of that stuff. And then I get the tree going. And then uh, usually we have about two months till we get the tree. And then right now, it'll be even probably two months after I get your tree before I start on your saddle. You know what I mean? Um, so there's a lot of time in there that, you know, people hopefully can feel like they can take the time to let their imagination run wild. You know, mm -hmm. this is a custom saddle. I want it to be everything you dreamed of. You know yeah. what I mean? That's, that's what I, I hope that people get their saddles and say, man, this is exactly what I wanted. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? So, um, but that's, that's a hard process, you know what I mean? To try and uh, get that between them and me communicated, you know, uh, my wife will tell you, I'm a terrible hint catcher dropper you know she learned a long time ago not to drop hints because it just went <laughs> just went way past me you know what i mean so as as specific and explicit as, as a person can be as to what they want uh that helps me a lot you know and i am more than happy some people say take your creative license and mm -hmm. do something cool you know what i mean and i i love doing that you know because mm -hmm. i don't get too many opportunities yeah. to just say Man, let's see what we come what could I try tooling? You know, what could I try stamping on this? You know, which is fine. I I love every part of it. You know, um, so that's fine too. You know what I mean? If if you just want to let me experiment with some things, I'm happy to do that. You know, but um, there are a few things that we do a little different. Like you had mentioned the the stirrup hangers, um, and we can talk about those. I guess if you want a little bit, they're kind of a most people don't even know what that, what they, that yeah they is, might not even you know, know what we're talking I mean? about so, here stirrup hangers so traditionally your your stirrup leathers go around the bars mm -hmm. uh, they go up through under your 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 seat uh more or less where your leg will be yeah and uh around the bar come back down and they connect like that so her hangers come from what, what do they come from? The McClellan cavalry yep so the cavalry yeah. they had they had fit and all of that figured out a long time ago and then somewhere mm -hmm. along the line we we changed that up anyway but the the hangers come from the calvary mcclellan style saddles um they're they're freer i think they're freer swinging sure uh i like how it you know i've had my knees smashed into posts by bronx <laughs> and you know kicked and um you know anybody that says hey my knees hurt or i might have knee problems i say get hangers because it just doesn't take as much strength from your leg to move forward and back. Sure. Yeah. Um, it has a little bit uh, back to the secure feeling and confidence. <laughs> it, it, it has a less secure feeling. It feels different at first. If, unless, you know, unless you're used to, you know, for, for me, uh, riding a lot of Colts, I, I wanted my, my feet pretty free swinging and it, and for a lot of people, they, they find that contradictory. Because you feel more secure in the traditional way of hanging your stirrup leathers. Right. I mean, the, when you get in the saddle, it feels, you know, solid. A, a solid. Yeah, you don't feel as 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 loose in your legs. But those that really ride a lot of colts, if they got the feel of that free swinging, you know. And of course, my rodeo background come from riding broncs. I mean, right. you you don't squeeze your legs. <laughs> you know, you you move. You go with the horse. Uh, that's how you ride and you stay on. You, you, it's just squeezing and hanging on is, 
Uh, you do that. Bull riders don't even do that. Bull riders <laughs> got to move their legs, hustle forward yeah, and back, yeah, right? Just to stay on. So, yeah. so the whole art of riding colts is not a stick them thing, you sure. know, uh, well, at just, least for people that ride a lot. Yeah. Well, that just adds to it. They get a little uncomfortable when you start yep. tickling their sides. <laughs> so, but I, I enjoy them. And, uh, but that is, yeah, that's a particular thing, you know? Um, yeah. So I, I imagine the only people that ask about that are people that have probably talked to me. Sure. You know, and you. I, I talk to most people about it, you know, and some people are kind of, well, that doesn't really make, you know, whatever. If you think it's a good idea, let's do it. You mm-hmm. know? Um, probably the biggest, and I had, it's real interesting how things work out and come together. Cause I had been trying because everybody wants more swing, right? When they get a saddle, they say, can you give me as much swing as possible? And yeah, I can do that. So you bet we can get you up in the neck. Yeah. So what, <laughs> what, what happens with that traditionally speaking though, is uh, if you look at the underside of the tree, it has up front underneath. So where it sits up on the, uh, the horse's shoulders, um, it has what's called a bar pad. So meaning that that sticks out a little bit. And so the stirrup on the underside, the stirrup has a groove that it sits in on the tree so that the stirrup leathers aren't a bump underneath on the horse's back or anything. Yeah. So it's all smooth. The bars are all smooth. But what can happen if, we, you know, I can give as much swing as I want to on any saddle. But if you run it the traditional way, you can literally push your stirrup leathers up underneath that bar pad. And that creates, you know, you figure you got a, you know, half inch of stirrup leathers shoved up underneath this bar pad that's already up, you know, it, it should be flush. That's the quickest way to put white marks on a, on shoulders of an animal and sore an animal that I know of. Mm-hmm. So I had been trying to come up with a way to eliminate that, that possibility, you know what I mean? Because nobody's doing it on purpose. They can't tell when they're, when their stirrup leathers are up underneath there, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um so then when you and I started talking, you know, and then I went and talked with Joe, um, Joe G, and he kind of showed me how he does his, you know, and that that was just what I was looking for to what I what I envisioned bettering it, not only for the rider, but also, you know, for the mule. You know, again, if you're riding in steep country, I don't know if you've ever been, uh, there's a place we rode and we called it the Hog's Back. And coming down as a kid, I always felt like the man from Snowy River. You know what I mean? Your feet are as far forward as you can get them. Mm-hmm. And you're just leaning back. You're laying back to get down that. You know, and I'm sure doing that, that those stirrup leathers were up underneath mm-hmm. the bar pad, you know. So um, this way, you don't even have to worry about, you know, it's, it's impossible to sort your animal in that way when you use the hangers. So that's been a big, for me as a maker, uh, why I like them so much you know mm-hmm. so anyways that's something unique that we do um and people when they call you they need you need to know how they're going to use them yep that's, that's going to make a difference yeah it's some sure. there's some contradictory things you know um i want to talk about lightweight saddles because uh the, this is something that is so common in my world you know my my students uh you know tr- tr- on average, I guess, are, are females and they're retired. They're aged probably approximately 40 to 70 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, and they don't want a heavy ranch saddle. Yeah. You know, uh, the, the one you built me is heavy duty some yeah. buck. Like yeah. I'm, 
I have rope. <laughs> I've roped bulls with that saddle. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that saddle is 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 tough. Yeah. And I I dally up to colts and I you know work cattle and I rope. Uh, that saddle has been used and it's yeah. going to be used. It's going to last me a long time. Uh, but when we get back from from this next break here, we're going to thank some more sponsors. Uh, let's talk about lightweight saddles. Okay. Okay. Hey, friends, I want to thank our amazing sponsors over at the Boyd Ranch Mule Days. I've been going down to the Boyd Ranch just outside of sunny Wickenburg, Arizona uh, for the past couple of years. I've had a lot of fun doing clinics down there, and I can't wait to go back in March. Boyd Ranch Mule Days is now the entire week of March 7th through the 13th, 2022. And, of course, my clinic is three days long. That's the 7th through the 9th. Uh, along with my good friend, Mr. Chris Clark, who is a Grand Canyon uh, veteran. He's been down there, been packing many years, very experienced, and a great teacher. You'll enjoy learning from Chris as well. You know, they also got a driving clinic down there. And, uh, you know, I don't know a lot about driving. And uh, this is going to be fun to, to see what's going on over there. So there's some, they're covering some basic harnessing and driving single and double. You know, after three full days of clinicking between my clinic the packing clinic and the driving clinic then it's time to get out on the trail they got short medium long rides uh going on and also an ultra long wilderness ride they offer uh they got their famous trail obstacle course they they got their all-out mule ramble going on they're giving away ribbons prizes and i think they've even talked me into being the announcer for the event so i'm gonna have a blast there for sure every night there's there's food good food uh they got concerts going on live music and dancing and it's going to be a ton of fun family friendly and i just can't wait to be there if you want to come to boyd ranch mule days i'd love to see you there go visit boydranch.org for more information and to apply to join us hey i can't wait to see you there looking forward to it Okay, we're back, and uh, before the break, I mentioned I wanted to talk about lightweight saddles because most of my students, they, they, they'll look at like the saddle you built me, and they'll see, they'll be like, I can't, you know, I can't, they can't lift it, they, you know, they don't want to lift it, it's heavy, it's built to work, um, and there is a trade-off, the lighter weight you get, there's a trade-off in strength, and you, you know, uh, I really don't feel comfortable roping a bull if I sure. have a 15 pound saddle, yeah, you know sure. what I mean? Like that's not, I, there, there's, there's going to be some engineering sure. that, that doesn't help me there. You know what I mean? Right. Um, but you know, you talked about some of these, uh, Santa Fe style saddles, you know, some of these exposed trees where, you know, your customers can still get that Western saddle and that good look saddle, um, a good tough saddle too, a functional saddle, but w weigh a lot less. Sure. So let's talk about what you can do to, to lighten up these saddles, but still keep good quality gear under you. Yeah. So that was, uh, you know, my background kind of, that kind of molded together, um, having made those, um, older time saddles, they were just inherently lighter weight, you know, um, the last two saddles I built were actually half seats. So half seats, even lighter, 
you know, um, half seat's not always for everyone because it takes a lot more on my part to get a good seat just because I have a lot less that I'm working with. But so really what we kind of that and then molded with, I kind of, I don't think I created it, you know what I mean? By any means, because Joe, I think has been doing these for a lot of years, but, um, just molded the two worlds together. So I, everybody always wants lighter, you know, most people want to say, well, can how light can you make it? You know, I, in my mind, I'm thinking, well, I'm not going to use any lighter weight leather period. You know, I'm just not, I have a certain ounce weight leather that I use and I'm not going to use any lighter than that, you know? And I thought, well, how can I meet this need? You know? So then obviously if we don't have leather on the back covering the candle, and we don't do as much leather on the front on the swell or the forks we're eliminating a lot of weight right there mm -hmm. right so um that was one way and then making the doing our skirts the in-skirt rigging so your saddle you know is is heavy duty but it's probably lighter than a traditional western of the same style with full skirts and everything yeah that would probably those are probably 55 i don't i don't even know you know uh, 60 pounds maybe you know uh, i think yours is in the 50 pound range somewhere in there can't remember i usually weigh all of them but i can't remember what yours weighs but so the in skirt rigging basically i just follow the shape of the bars so we're getting a minimal skirt so um that was the other thing you know we get a minimal skirt and then taking some of that leather off allowed me to make something a little lighter that did not compromise in my mind any quality you know any structural quality they look cool too These yeah it has Santa a unique look. Style, they look they look kind of cool yeah it's you know a, southwest you kind of you kind of have to like the look for sure some people come in and they look at them and they're like oh yeah i can tell yeah, i can yeah. just tell that's not for in them. their mind they're like well that's interesting you know and i think you know it, it's fine you, you know can tell I, me if it's ugly yeah you know <laughs> even my mom i think she came she said that's nice you know she'd never say anything other yeah. than you yeah know, <laughs> but uh you know it's a different look i but guess it's acquired taste i think they look cool it's it's something too not as you could go out and ride and you know i used to take that my first one that i made to we used to go to more shows and stuff and i could take that and almost everybody would stop just to look at that like wow i haven't seen you know i think mm -hmm. everybody's maybe seen one of those somewhere along the line watching a cowboy movie or something like that you know the yep the uh, vaqueros they would ride in those you know what i mean the spanish cowboys and anyways so you know it's it's definitely a unique look and and they are functional you know i have people that rope off of those you know what i mean mm -hmm. and i would just say you know the only thing i tell people is a saddle built like yours with the cheyenne roll all covered that is meant to be used hard you know what mm -hmm. i mean because uh, that the I'd say the weakness on the on the uh, exposed tree is your rawhide lace. You know what I mean? It's just not that you know it'll wears. last forever. But if you get a lot of abrasion, it can wear. You know, and it will. Yeah, so, the covered swells. You know, roping. Uh, I mean, I burn up those swells. Right. I'll show you a picture. Yeah. Yeah. You know where that leather just what you know from that rope right there. Yeah, just the constant just friction. Yeah, yeah, if you just have rawhide you're wearing on your tree that's going to happen right but, you so know, that, that's it is what downside. it is and if you want you know a trade-off usually like you talked um a lot of people listening right now though they're they're like ty and colt we're, we're never gonna yeah, rope I okay mean, if, you, if you're cruising down the trail <laughs> this this has been a really good thing in fact yeah. the i just made well, it's been a little while i finished a a loner saddle so i try and keep one saddle that people can borrow if they want 
mm-hmm. you know, anytime. And that's, that's, I call it my saddle. It's yeah. my personal saddle. And that's what I built. That's the style I built. So, you know, it's, it's been a good style and it's been a good, a good kind of in between for people, you know what I mean? It allows me to have a little flexibility in helping people um, have something that'll meet their needs, you know, because mm-hmm. it is, you know, guaranteed about 10 pounds lighter. That's just me just making it just like that. I can do, you know, we can do more things to make it lighter. You know what I mean? Yeah, you can trim down. I've seen you trim down strip leathers, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, I yeah. mean, you know, like look at the Calvary style styles. I mean, they just have their little thin, what, how many, how many inches is that? Just, yeah, uh, I don't even, maybe just inch, a, inch and a half, right? inch and a half yeah, little, maybe. little piece of leather yeah. for their stirrup yeah. leathers. You know, there's, there's extra things like the strings. Uh, you know, how many people actually use the strings on, on the, the front, well, you on know, the front, on the front yeah. and, and on the back, you know, I, I like those, uh, what are they called? Footman loops. Footman loops. And little, those? it's like a little miniature belt back yeah, there. You the know, bedroll strap. Yeah. That's what I call, always yeah. call them. I love we, that. We strapped our bedrolls, you know, on mm-hmm. the back with that. So we, yeah, yeah, those work really, really well. So yeah, we, we try and do, you know, and again, I just can't go back to enough, you know, just, our goal is to do what, you know, what you want, you know, I'm mm-hmm. always going to voice, you know, maybe what I normally do and why, you know what I mean? But it doesn't mean it has to be that way. So are there signature things on your saddles though, that you're like, no, we're doing it this way. You mentioned one already, the, the uh, ounce, um, the density the of your of, leather, weight, of, weight leather. of your leather. Um, is there, are there other pieces or facets that you're like, no, this is, you know, this is a Colt saddle and it has to have at least this. Is there any parts to it? That- you know, for the, for the most part, I think with, with mules, um, and this isn't a new thing anymore. It was, you know, pretty new, just leaving, leaving the, uh, the entire underside of the saddle open. So the skirts don't come together in the back. Yeah. Um, leaving that open for mules. You just, it's just something you just you may not have a mule that has that high spine and might be fine with traditional skirts, but that's just one thing I would, you know, highly recommend to everybody that rides a mule to just have that, you know, they're just, their anatomy is just shaped at that. That's something that you, if you're going to have to worry about something, that's something that may come up, like I said, as they age or something like that. Um, so the open skirts in the back um, and then uh, what we started doing with the, the in-skirt rigging and that just how it creates that envelope for the skirts. So that's how we can do the skirts that way because traditionally the skirts just come together. They're your two biggest, two big pieces of leather underneath mm-hmm. and you tie them together on the back so they're not, you know, flopping around. It holds that, kind of ties everything in and together. Well, creating doing it the way we do the saddle tree actually sits in between two pieces of leather and so the skirts are literally uh, become a part of the tree you know that's so that's one thing that i you know unless somebody's really really wants a certain look that that's that's what i do and and everything we're trying to do for mules is shorter you know we're always trying to shorten things because their backs are so short you know even on a big mule they're coupled a little bit shorter you know just their anatomy so it just always helps to you know that keeping that tighter closer shorter in together but um 
Yeah. Otherwise, I think uh, you'll do whatever they want. Yeah, we try and let people's imaginations nice. fly. Uh, we talked about uh, a couple times. We've mentioned some white marks, getting white marks. Now, somebody asked me. Well, I could ask. Well, how, how do you? keep from getting white marks. I said, well, just don't ride your mule <laughs> or have a white mule <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> because if you're going to use your mule, you're going to get white marks. Yeah. You know, there's things I've done that I recommend, you know, like uh, on long rides, you know, I, I get off every hour and a half and I loosen up my cinches and I pick the saddle up off their backs and let them get a little blood flowing through there and a little air circulation. And, and that, that helps. Uh, but if you're going to ride, I guess at least some of the ways I do, you're going to get some white marks. But um, I don't believe it's as, it's as wicked and terrible as a lot of people think. What's your what's your thoughts on the white marks? Yeah, you know, and I this is something I've uh, actually been – I was going to try and get with a vet friend of mine and, and learn a little bit more about that actually uh, – you know what what all that is i mean i know basically what's what's happening but um you know it is it it's like we talked you know if you're roping or pulling or you know got that saddle changing shapes and or not shapes changing positions all the time you know and stuff like that and if it you know gets caught in there that's it's kind of like we we're talking the stirrup leathers getting up underneath there mm-hmm. um just anything that causes that undue pressure, you know, can create a white mark. You know, we had, I always felt bad about this, but our old mule we had, I don't I remember as a kid, I tightened him up real tight and I'm not sure why I did that, but he had a, he got a white mark right where the, where the cinch buckle comes up and the latigo come together and he had that white mark there, you know, and I thought. Yeah, I got those on both sides of my Riata mule. So. But it's the she's some of these mules are slab sided like <laughs> riata like that's like that particular mule where, where where you buckle up the you know where your cinch ring and and your rigging ring and that latigo in between them where those come together i have white marks on both sides but her rib cage like protrudes right there right. on yeah. both sides and that's just where the rigging <laughs> is going to end up yeah. And it's real hard to accommodate, you know, for that. Um, I do know this, a good fitting saddle requires less cinching, you know, sure. like you don't have to, if you, if it's a good fitting saddle, you don't have to snug that thing down. You don't have to, crank you, don't have to you know, it, you don't have to crank it down on them because it'll, it'll be secure. And so that, that helps for sure. So, yeah, but the white marks thing, that's a, that's a challenging one. Yeah. Well, and I, I think, like I said, I don't, uh, I, I'm trying to learn more about that, you know, but I think a lot of that too. Uh, and again, I'm just saying what I, you know, what I think from what I've, my experiences, but a lot of that depends on the animal, you know what I mean? Some, yep. some don't tend to do that as much, you know, it's, uh, I think we don't give enough credit to, to just the fact that, different animals are different, you know, and they, they yep. were different. You know, if we talk about oh, an easy keeper or a hard keeper, you know what I mean? Just different things. But we had, I can remember we had one of our mules, he would sweat going for, you know, a 10 minute ride. He'd be his, his head. He was always getting his head around his ears and his nose. He'd always be sweaty. 
you know, and then our other mule, we could ride all day and he'd just barely be a little bit wet. You yep. know what I mean? It's just, and it was just interesting, you know, and that was just their personalities, you know, just different. Um, so I think there's a lot of variables and different things that, that we don't maybe understand or give credit to that yeah. can cause those kind of things, you know. You know, some mules have different thicknesses of skin too. Yeah. Uh, Definitely. I noticed generally a lot of mules are tend to be more sensitive skinned than a lot of horses. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I feel like it's, it's probably easier to get a white mark on a mule than it is a horse. Yeah. I would agree. Um, yeah. you know, and, and you see the sensitivity just in the way they are generally, they, you know, um, yeah, they just, yeah, a little bit, some have more sensitive skin, you know, some get sore easier, some can gall easier, Yeah. but, uh, well, Colt, um, where where's the future headed here? What's uh, what's your what's your goals with your saddle company, and what you want to do, and what do you where are you headed? Well, we just are happy to keep making saddles. You know, we're happy to do it. Um, my number one goal is that any that have my name on it have only been you know that's me that's making it. You know, so. Um, Oh, you don't want to be like a multi-million dollar <laughs> saddle production company and, uh, you and, know. and then I'll have to talk crap on your stuff too. <laughs> you know, so that's, that's been my thing. And, and we work really hard. So the people that make the stirrups, they're custom stirrup maker. Uh, as far as I know, I don't know how many people he has in his shop, you know, but it's mm -hmm. uh, minimal. And then uh, the lady that makes our mohair cinches, she's one person shop. She makes them by hand, you know, so that's, yep. that's important to me. I can't make or do every part of the saddle, but we try and work with people who, who do that, you know? Um, so I would love, love, um, one day to, to be able to teach these skills moving down the road, you know what I mean? Have, have people that learn and not necessarily that take over Colt saddlery, you know, but they could start their own yeah. thing, you know what I mean? And, uh, I, that's a passion of mine, education. I'm in, uh, I have a degree in education, so education's a big passion also, I think, of mine. But uh, You're only as good as your students. Yeah, that's... Yeah. And uh, that's that's something... I mean, I remember I had some family members that were just, like, flabbergasted that I'm going to go teach these skills, <laughs> yeah. teach mealmanship to yeah. the world. Right. And, and, and it's funny, in the horse and mule training community to you know traditionally it's been voodoo to yeah. like share your secrets right oh yeah like we all have these secrets and we we all got to keep them to ourselves and I'm like well crap <laughs> like this right. this will make the world a better place this will this will make the the industry better the more i can share these skills and and get it out there and so that's pretty cool that you have a desire to to do that um and teaching makes you better Sure. You yeah, know, well, then it, it points out all your flaws. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it, it does. You say, you know, and I love questioning things always. Right. I, I just, I've always questioned it. My dad annoyed my dad <laughs> when I'd say why, you know what I mean? But I love when people question it why. So, you know, wh why do you got to do it like that? Like, right. for example, the traditional way of stirrup leathers, we talked about the stirrup hangers. Yeah. Well, why we got to do that? Yeah. Why can't we do something different? Cause I don't like it, <laughs> you know, like, yep. well, all right, let's, let's do it different just right. cause that's the way it's always been done. I do have a great appreciation for tradition. Right. 
you know, I love, I love traditional things for, for sure. Um, but you know, there's always room to be better. Sure. I think that's the key is finding a balance of what's been time tested and proven. And I'm trying to improve on that a little bit. You know what I mean? There is always room for improvement. You know, that's one thing I think, uh, that helps me not get in a rut, I guess, if you will, you know, is to keep knowing, you know, and my wife gets after me because I look at, you know, I can look at a saddle that's just finished and I think that's good, but there's this one part, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Nobody else, nobody else, will, yep. even maybe another saddle maker wouldn't even notice that but, one but part. You, Does that make know. sense? But, oh, yeah. But I'm looking at it and I, you know, and it, it can be a fault sometimes, you know, because I look at it and I think I miss the rest of the things that I did well or that I like about it. But, you know, that drives me to keep trying to be better, you know. And, Again, you know, it's it's a process of improvement. You know, I don't yeah, I don't know everything that I will know in ten years. Hopefully, you know. So now, yeah, ten years from now, you'll be ten years better. Yeah, that's the goal. That's the goal. Yeah. It's uh, yeah, we should always be getting. I think that's why we're here. Learn how to be better in all situations. Sure. In our in our trade and how we deal with people and and uh, and a lot of different things. You know, but you know, I look at there's mules I ride. I mean, even even late, you know. Um, the mules I started two years ago aren't as good as the mules I started last year. The mules mm-hmm. I start this year are going to be better than the ones I started last year. You know, mm-hmm. like they're, you know, because you get better feel at it. Sure. You know, you get better balance at these things. And it's probably the same thing in your business. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a life lesson. You know what I mean? And that's long term. I would love if one of my kids or somebody like that would want to come out and learn from me and, and take this over. You know what I mean? I'd love that if, if that could last this long, you know what I mean? But really, I think it comes down to, you know, the life lesson of how can we improve ourselves? You know, how can we make our corner of the world a little better? You know what I mean? That's, that's the goal I think in, in what we're doing and why we do what we do is to just, you know, how can we make things better for yeah. You know, for our family, you know, it starts in our family, starts with ourselves, then it starts with our, it goes to our family, you know, and then it goes to our communities. And, you know, if we can, that can go a long ways. It's a slow process, you know, but uh, I think there's a lot of life lessons in in what we do. That's why I love what I do, because I can Mm -hmm. see, you know, so many things where I can improve and how I can, you know, be better, I guess. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. And you get a. You know, your, your business is as much like mine. Uh, well, you do with a lot of the same people cause we send a yeah. lot of people to you, right? <laughs> uh, but it's, uh, isn't it cool to meet so many great people? That's my favorite yeah. thing about yeah. what I do. When somebody asks, well, what do you, what do you like so much about doing clinics? I say all the amazing people. I mean, there are good sure. human beings all over this world. They're great people, yeah. you know? Uh, in every state, there's great humans, you know, and great mules and horses. And, and that is probably my favorite thing about what I do. And it's probably the same thing with what you do. You get to meet so many people, talk to so many people, have conversations and, um, it's pretty cool. Yeah. The relationships is a, is a huge part, you know? So, and people get, it's, it's kind of funny how the custom world works, isn't it? Because you, uh, you're you're not just dealing with a a customer in a tax shop. You're dealing with these clients that that you're you become their pal. Like yeah, like we, they know you. Yeah, we have a lot of conversations for and, sure. And they're you know when when they're out riding that brand new saddle, 
it's it's you know you are you are more important than the product sure you know the person you are and 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 they will enjoy that saddle more because colt is a cool human being you know what i mean you're a good you're a good man (laughs) and that's that says more about your brand than your actual product you put out your product can stand alone you could go put it out there and sell it nobody ever meets you and it'd stand alone but what makes colt salary so special is you and your family, what you represent, and the product you put out there. Yeah, well, thank you. You're using your God-given talent, and well, you're sharpening it. Yeah, we try every day. We try. Yeah, it's a blessing. You know, I think these talents, you know, uh, they're blessings. Yeah, so I'm glad sure. you're using yours. Yeah, well, I'm grateful to be able to. Yeah, we appreciate you guys yep. and supporting what we do. And so it takes, it takes a lot to make it happen. Yeah, so you're doing kind of something pretty special for – me and my students coming up. Yeah. We got our 12 days of Christmas and every year I like to give back to, to two groups of people. I like to give back to, um, all of my students that come and support me and, and help me all year long for, you know, and, and, and come to these clinics and work and, and try to be better. And then I like to help my friends, you know, promote their businesses. So, You've you've really stepped up big this year, though. So tell tell us all what you're doing. So this year we're donating a yeah, custom saddle. Uh, so if you uh, in the drawing, I can't remember how you do it. You, Starts on be, the twelfth. This will be the last day, right? Yeah, yours is the yours is okay. day twelve. Yours is the grand prize so, of them all. So you got twelve. You got once it starts, you still got twelve days to sign up. Yeah, you know, for a clinic. Um, but we are, yeah, we're happy to donate uh, a custom saddle to somebody who wins that one. Um, you know, and it's, I love what I do, but it's, it's interesting. It's, it's almost more fun for me to work on things that I'm giving away, you know? Yeah. It's just, there's something about it, you know, that's good for us to, you know, to, to give, you know, to give back this, my way of giving back to you guys, you know, and your support of what we're doing. It's my way of, uh, you know, just it's kind of selfish in some ways because it's it's really fun mm-hmm. to give. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and those kinds of things. So we are so happy to uh, that you you know that you asked us to do it, and uh, we're happy to be able to do that to donate a custom saddle to somebody. And uh, again, this this is if you win this, then you get to call me and you get to talk to me. Unfortunately, you have to hear my voice for a while. <laughs> uh, you guys get to hang out with cool Colt yeah, and uh, figure out what you want. You know, And I will encourage them to buy a plane ticket, <laughs> come out there and meet you and your family and sit in the saddle and, yeah. you know, carve that seat to their butt. And uh, that'd be a cool process. Yep. We're so. always happy to have people up in Wyoming. We don't leave home very often. So if people come to us, we're more than happy to, share what we have you guys got to go see colt he lives in star valley wyoming if you don't know where that is it's south of jackson hole yeah. north of nowhere <laughs> east of nowhere <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's just middle of nowhere but yeah. it's uh let's see they what would they fly to the salt lake uh jackson oh jackson airport. has airport doesn't it uh yep and depending there is an airport in afton but i think that's just a private airport uh, fly you fly to jackson hole drive down there it is so pretty yeah i think allegiant that smaller company yeah. I think has a flight into Jackson now. I can't remember. But, but it yeah. is it is gorgeous country. Uh so beautiful. You go up there, you could go hang out with Colt. I recommend you go uh 
in the summer. I was going to say, if it's, <laughs> if it's wintertime, it's all going to look pretty much the same color. Of course, Colt, white. Yeah, Colt probably have a fire going in the shop. And, <laughs> yeah, go hang out with them. So, Colt, uh, if somebody wants to order a saddle or gear, you build gear. I mean, you made some cool stuff for me. You made some head stalls and some, you know, good slobber straps. And I mean, all kinds of good stuff. But if they want some saddles or some gear, how do they contact you? Uh, you know, we, uh, we're kind of old school. I don't even have a website up yet. And we well, uh, got Facebook. We though. Got that's, Facebook. That's, that's, that is new school. that's my wife. That's Nicole. Mm-hmm. You could thank her for that. But Facebook, our Facebook page is Colt Saddlery. Um, that's probably the best way to just see what we're doing. And then uh, a phone call. If you have any questions, I'm more than happy to answer phone calls. And I think our number is on the Facebook page there too. So, um, Yep. We, I like to talk to people, you know, yep. that's when I order my stuff, uh, I, I talk to somebody. I'm not mm-hmm. a big online yeah. guy. Some things I can, but amazon.com for uh, you, huh? No, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't work very well. so, you know, I love to talk to people, Good. you know, and, and, uh, just happy to talk yeah. mules and saddles. I could talk about that all day. Right. Yep. So, well, it sounds like your family's awake upstairs. I yeah, hear the kids running around. We had to come to the quiet room. Yeah, I hear the kids <laughs> wrestling around. So uh, you better get on with your day, and you're headed back home today. Yeah, so. maybe we're yeah we're gonna go look but. at another mule today. So. Good. Well, I appreciate you coming on the show. Yeah, we're yeah, glad to be it's here. Good time. So. Always glad to talk. All right, sure. buddy. Well, uh, all of you guys listening out there in mule world, the horse world, thank you for tuning in today. Uh, be sure to look up Colt Salary on Facebook. And uh, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, be sure to leave us a review. Uh, you can tell us what you think of Colt on there. Yeah. Now. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, and you can always send me an email, ty at tsmules.com. Uh, thanks for listening. God bless you. And we'll see you down the road. I need to thank my friend, Mr. Ben Lewis at Roman Home. Mr. Ben has designed a really awesome tent. It's a cross between a wall tent and a range teepee. It's built to take tough weather, high winds. Craftsmanship is amazing. And it's made right here in the USA, right here in Utah, USA. And uh, right now, Ben has a special going on. You can save 500 bucks. And uh, go to romanhome.com. Roman spelled R-O-A-M-I-N. Romanhome.com. And uh, tell Ben hello. Tell him Ty sent you.